Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. My name is Rachel Laurie Harris. I'm a professional dog trainer, and I'm also the proud owner of an American Staffordshire Terrier that we lovingly call Waylon. In this series, Pitbull Stories, I talk with pitbull owners all over the world, and we share our stories about pitbulls, how we got into pitbulls, how we love pitbulls, what we've learned from them, and how we're advocating for the breed now. I'm really looking Looking forward to sharing these stories. And if you'd like to be a part of this series, please follow us over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. Send me a DM. I would love to chat and hear your pitbull story. Enjoy. All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, uh, Pitbull Stories Edition. So guys, today, my special guest, Amy, is with me. So why don't you go ahead and tell my listeners about yourself, and why don't you kind of walk us through the dog who started Blocky Head Ownership for you? Sure. So my name is Amy, and we we have three blocky-headed dogs. Um, We have Greta, who was the OG blocky head and Atlas who was a foster fail and then we have Crosby who just kind of showed up and then he never left (laughs) um but so Greta was our first like real intentional adoption of a blocky headed dog um but I kind of feel like she's an outlier because she's so small and so friendly and when people see her even people who normally wouldn't like to approach a pitbull type dog she's so small and and so happy that I find people coming up to me or her and wanting to interact with her and then later being like oh is she she a pit bull like yes she is but she's only 40 pounds so it's okay like look how friendly she is um and i i feel like our first real experience with like a big scary pit bull was atlas because he's 75 pounds he's kind of a lot he's barrier reactive so he makes these awful noises and he's the one that we have to be really careful about like bringing him places because it's easy to see his behavior and blame it on the breed even though it's not a breed trait it's just him having a hard time but you know, the average person sees him and they think, holy shit, this dog is about to bite my head off. Um, And I think you bring up a good point, right? Because like, there's more pressure on you to be his advocate because of the way he looks, right? Like, I mean, his behavior is what it is, right? Like behavior is this, you know, individual, but I think that a lot of my listeners can relate to that, right? Like the the pressure you feel like being in the community and making sure that like you're advocating him 
for him in a way that people aren't like, oh, he's a pit bull. This is how all pit bulls are. Totally. And it's because of that, that he doesn't often get to go places that Greta can go and do things that Greta and Crosby can do because we feel such an immense responsibility to represent the breed in a positive way. And we know that if somebody sees him freaking out on the leash, they're not gonna think, oh, look at that poor reactive dog who's having a hard time with X, Y, Z. They're gonna say, that's a really aggressive dog. It's a pit bull, why are they bringing it out in public? So it, we, it's a curse. It's definitely a hardship to have that kind of dog and then have him be reactive because any tiny behavior that he exhibits that's outside of like what n people view as normal friendly dog behavior gets construed into this like aggressive man-eating lock-jawed giant awful dog and he's not he's so sweet and he loves people and he loves all the fosters that come into our house and he's so good um but he's very reactive you know he has a hard time and that's not his fault and it's not necessarily strangers faults for seeing him and thinking that but it's it's a hard combo to navigate yeah, Absolutely. no, and I know so many of my listeners can relate to that, right? Like I've had this specific conversation with so many owners, right, who are like so worried. But like to your point, right? Like I think as a society, we can continue to educate, right? That the fact that like Atlas is having a hard time, right? Mm -hmm. like, having an emotional response, and and we shouldn't villainize that stuff, right? And I so admire. There are so many like Instagram accounts that show their pit bulls having a heart, like re being reactive and how they work with them. And that's not really what I do on social media, but it, I so admire the people who are willing to put themselves out there and be like, look at my 70 pound pit bull being an asshole. This is how we're dealing with it. Or, you know what I mean? Like I, we don't usually, I don't usually video record or like show people that side um, but I admire the people who are willing to put themselves out there and be like, look at my dog struggling. This is how I'm helping them. It's just a dog problem. It's not a pit bull problem. I think that's awesome. Dude, me too. Like so much respect. That's brave. That's bravery it's at its finest right mm -hmm. there. Because like, I mean, we all know the internet can be a nasty place, right? Yep. yep. And, it, and it's crazy, right? But um, okay, so you feel like in your community, like people are relatively understanding and welcoming of like blacky headed type dogs? I think so. I feel like, um, so we, can, really quickly, can you tell the listeners where you are again? We live in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is a, a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but it's, it's medium-ish, suburb-ish, very conservative kind of skews older, whiter, you know the, you know the type. Um, and we live on a pretty busy suburban block corner, so we get a lot of foot traffic by our fence. Um, and I would say that 
like 80% of the people who walk by like smile at our dogs as they see them um, and 20% like cross the street or like look at it. But I choose, I think, I don't know if this is because I'm an optimist or because I'm naive, but I choose to believe that the people who cross the street when they see us coming are maybe doing so out of respect to us who, who like, maybe they understand that our dogs need space or they just don't like dogs in general. And maybe it's not necessarily because our dogs are pit bulls. Um, I don't know. They could be, they, they could all be really discriminatory people, but I choose to believe that they're not. I like that attitude, right? <laughs> and like believing that people could be respectful and recognizing like, all right, she's got some dogs. I'm going to give them some space, right? Like, because that does make it easier, doesn't it? Like, okay, now I don't have to manage this distraction level. Mm -hmm. It's, and I, I like to walk around believing that everyone loves my dogs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a, I think a dog mom thing. So I don't like to exist believing that everyone hates my dogs in this world because that's a sad existence to just assume the worst of all strangers that you walk by. So I choose to believe that people are either just scared of dogs in general or they're respectful of us and they want to give us some space because they see us walking multiple dogs and want to help us out. Actually. I like that attitude. <laughs> well, and too, I feel like Greta, like what an amazing primer, right? Where she's like, I Oh yeah, people just love me. It's fine. Just come right over. <laughs> yeah, she's the perfect dog. And I love that she looks kind of like a pit bull, but she's small and like palatable, I guess. Yeah. So great introduction to, because not all pit bull looking dogs, I guess, are huge and like beefy and big. Some of them are small like Greta. And I love meeting people and introducing her and having them be like, oh, this is a pit bull? She's awesome. And then I get to be like, yes, she's very friendly. She's very loving. She's not this mean, horrible dog. Look at, you're petting her. She's loving on you. It's great. And I actually was having a conversation with somebody about like consent, like having strangers approach your dog and like letting your dog consent to being pet by strangers and I have this like eternal struggle of like do I tell these people like please give my dog space or do I let them see that she's friendly like do I advocate for pit bulls or do I advocate for my dog who happens to be a pit bull? Does that make sense? It's such a conundrum, isn't yeah, it? Because it is. like you want, like, because Greta is so friendly, right? Like you want her to be like the quote unquote breed ambassador. Mm -hmm. But then, right, the conversation comes into play like, okay, but actually let's look at Greta's individual needs and desires. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Like, does she want to be pet right now? Maybe not. So then... How do I approach that from like, she's not mean, she's not unfriendly, she just doesn't care to be meeting strangers right now because this tree smells like pee and she wants to smell it. Like, and that's more important to her than letting you pet her. It's hard, it's like 
it's always everything is hard <laughs> i feel you on that though right because like you know waylon is is a super social creature right and he really does love people and i feel like like early on like in his socialization window like i really like pumped him up to say hi to people because mm -hmm. i want him to be a breed ambassador right mm -hmm. but it's funny because like now as he ages like just like you're saying right he's like okay but i'm gonna sniff this tree so like <laughs> I don't, I'm not abiding to your agenda lady. So I'm just going right. to do what I want. Yeah. Right. But I feel like our dogs teach us that, don't they? Right. Like, okay. Like it's not about breed ambassadors. Like I just want to be a dog right now. Right. right. And, and I think it's don't. a good reminder to let yeah. them be that. And they shouldn't have to bear the brunt of that human responsibility because in, at the end of the day, they're just dogs. And isn't that what we want to teach people that they're just dogs? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, but I think that I think that that's a, a moral dilemma that I think all of the blocky-headed owners can relate to, right? Like wanting our dogs to be breed ambassadors but but while also like maintaining like their needs and desires on top of our priority list. Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard thing to to juggle every time we're out in public. I feel like that. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I really do. Well, and especially like every, everything that's happening in Denver, like how we were so close to repealing BSL and then it blew up in our faces. Like I feel even more pressure to like advocate in the communities. Like this blocky headed package is magic. You mm -hmm. should really love them. <laughs> oh my God, I bet. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. So, um, so how did your family receive Greta? Like, did it, was anyone like worried that you got like a quote unquote pit bull or like they met her and they're like, Oh my God, she's amazing. I think both my and my husband's families are not dog people in general. And I think that's just an overarching thing. Like they don't really get dog ownership the way that we uh, like, so I don't think it would matter if she was a pit bull or a poodle. I think they would just be like, why are you letting her inside and on the couch? And why are you feeding her real food? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they just don't understand dogs in general. Um, I do think that my husband's family is a little wary of our dogs. Um, but we don't, we don't have to go into that. I don't know if they're going to listen to this and I don't know if they're going to be like, oh, we're, so. Right. But yeah, but like, I think that, I think that family members, right. Who like, don't have this like super forward thinking, like thought cross about like dogs are emotional creatures and their mm -hmm. needs are of importance and dogs live inside and dogs deserve proper nutrition. Like it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird thing to try and explain, right? Like you either get it or you don't like you think yeah. dogs are just like outside creatures and property, or you understand like the capacity in which we want them to be in our lives. Yes. They have a dog that lives with them and it lives outside and we hate it. And we don't like to talk about our, and also we have deliberately chosen not to have human children. And um, I think that they don't understand that we're completely content having dogs, not children, because that's not what you're supposed to do. Yes. <laughs> Make, like, dogs are not supposed to be a priority. You're supposed to, like, 
have human children and make them your life. And since we've chosen not to do that, like our entire lifestyle is just bonkers to them. You know, we both like quit our corporate jobs to start this like dog small business and they don't understand that either because like what the fuck is a dog pajamas business like do you know what i mean like meanwhile you're a raging success yeah like your quality of life is super high Mm -hmm. and they just it just like does not compute with them they don't understand it they don't understand how there are so many other people like us in this world like and that's why our business is so successful they don't get it like they've been waiting for us i think to fail and like go back to our a real job and they just don't understand so i think it's not necessarily a conversation about pitbulls it's a conversation about just like dogs in general and how we treat them and love them and that just is not in their wheelhouse so yeah, no, it's an interesting dialogue, right? Because like my husband and I too, right? Like we do not want human children, right? Like we're very <laughs> content with dogs. And like even my family, like and his family who are really progressive, right? Like I think that they're, they're having to work hard to like understand or like be comfortable with the choices we've made. But I don't yeah. know why, like I don't understand why people can't understand that like owning dogs can be so fulfilling they just don't know like they haven't they haven't opened themselves up to that possibility yet yes I get it yeah um okay so I I know um so for my listeners if you don't already know um Amy is amazing um she makes dog pajamas and they're so freaking adorable it just it's the cutest thing ever so um so if you don't mind sharing a little bit about the business like what made you want to start making dog pajamas? Oh my God. So <laughs> it was kind of born out of like an an accident. Like I made some for our, for Atlas, who was at the time a foster. Um, and I just put a photo on Facebook and was like, ha ha, look at my dog. I put him in pajamas. He's um, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a bunch of messages being like, will you make some for my dogs? I can never find anything that fit my big dogs. And I said, sure, let me throw them up on Etsy and see what happens. So I put a listing on Etsy and then it just kind of like, I, one of my first customers was Gus the Pitbull on, yes. on Instagram. And she bought a couple pairs of pajamas and then posted them on Instagram. And it's just like exploded then. And in a year I had to quit my job. And then in two years, Tim had to quit his job. Um, and it just kind it kind of evolved from like, what a fun little side job to like, I guess this is our lives now. People everywhere are buying our stuff. (laughs) This is really awesome. So yes, it's, um, it's been amazing because it has connected us with so many bully owners in the world really and I never intended for it to be like an advocacy thing but it's totally turned into like I get so many messages from people being like 
I love the reactions my pit bull gets when I put him in your shirt and I go out, like it softens their image. It makes them super approachable. I mean, we see that with Atlas too, we put him in what we call his clown pajamas because they're like rainbow pajamas. And the reactions he gets are amazing. And they're so different from what we would get if he was just walking down the street naked. Like people like, honk their horn and like wave to him from their cars and like smile and he brings a level of joy to strangers that he wouldn't bring if he was just walking regularly and i think that's an awesome side effect of this business that i never really intended but now i'm really leaning into because it's a way to really connect our bullies with the world at large in a way that says like they're cute and they wear cute clothes and they're super friendly and approachable and it's totally fine. They're not, you know, they don't look mean when you're, when they're in a rainbow tank, like how can you, how can you be afraid of a dog in a rainbow shirt? Like <laughs> really? So. Oh my God. That gives me goosebumps. Like <laughs> that, that is, that's magic. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that I see that so much, right? Like when people see pajamas, it like starts this whole new like way of perceiving the dog. And like, I mean, seriously, like PR for pit bulls. Here we are. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. And the cute pajamas, like I die. And I know exactly the rainbow one you're talking about with Atlas because you know, I lurk and stalk you on Instagram because you're, it's like, it's, and I agree, right? Like being like a part of the community on Instagram with like all the blocky headed owners, how freaking cool is that? Right? Like connecting with all these people who we share so much. I feel like half of like, half of that is like the connection that inspires us to advocate like in our communities. Like we build each other up to like keep doing what we're doing. So we're shifting away from like, like y'all like pickles don't really fight anymore. Like sometimes sure. But really like it's, that's not what's happening, right? Like pickles are just pets and they wear pajamas. Like Mm -hmm. welcome to the 21st century. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. And I, I think, Instagram is amazing because we're just showing our dogs being dogs. And it's this huge community of posts about dogs just being dogs and letting your dog. Hello. Yes, hello. (laughs) Hi, Greta. (laughs) (laughs) Just letting your dog be a dog. And I think that's a huge part of advocacy too just like showing that your dog is a normal dog and they get cold in the winter so you put them in pajamas and you know what I mean like it doesn't have to be this overt like shouting about how pit bulls are good dogs and they're not fighters it's little things like posting on Instagram and showing people that your dog is just your pet. Your dog is your pet. It's a pit bull, but it's just a dog. Like, I think that's a really important part that often people don't think about. And even if you don't think you're advocating for your dog, just by being on Instagram, you totally are. Just by posting on Instagram, you're totally advocating for your dog and for that breed. And it's awesome. So. Yeah, it is, right? And like, 
it's it's literally just like the normalizing just the normalizing of like right like pitbulls don't live on chains we don't keep them in basements right like they live in our homes and sleep on our couches and steal our beds okay like this is the reality people right Mm -hmm. and and i think that that's such a, a brilliant way and i think that it's empowering you know what i mean to like think that like even that one picture we post on instagram like that in and of itself is advocacy Mm-hmm. Totally. It is. Yes. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. I love it so much. Okay. So, um, I want to just talk a little bit about like, um, interactions between like blocky headed dogs, because I know you fostered how many, how many blocky headed dogs have you fostered over the years? Do- doesn't, I mean, we've been fostering for four. I mean, Atlas was our first foster and he's been with us for four years now so and so it's just been like a revolving door of pitbull-ish dogs because there there are so many in the shelter that's all we ever get so yeah so i want to just kind of talk about like some normal like behaviors like play styles that i feel like get blown out of proportion but again Mm -hmm. i want to normalize you know what i mean that like um, like to give you an example, like Waylon likes to do this, like obnoxious, like chest bump thing, right? Like he likes to like slam into dogs and do like the chest bump, like, come on, let's be crazy. And in like, even my family members who are so progressive, like sometimes I can see them even do like a little bit of cringing. Like, is this okay? I'm like, it is, it's obnoxious, but it's okay. <laughs> yep. And we actually, I, I make it a point to show our dogs playing on Instagram and my stories all the time and they're fucking loud and it's so obnoxious and I can only imagine what like our neighborhood thinks is going on (laughs) inside our fence because it sounds awful and I know so many people who have messaged me and been like is that how your dogs always play because that's really noisy like how do you tell when they're playing or fighting which is a big thing um so i what was the question so like okay so can you think of like some examples okay so like them playing loudly right like that can get blown out of proportion but i just want to talk like a little bit more on like some of your experience of like normal behavior that gets blown out of proportion because of the package it comes from yeah i the noise I think is is the biggest thing because they growl when they play and they're I mean Greta is a pretty in-your-face player um so every foster that we bring in we do a slow slow introduction with them like most uh, I mean some when we bring in like young puppies they're usually it's okay easy with just it. to throw into the mix yeah. yeah but like adult dogs we always especially other adult female dogs, we take a good long time to introduce them slowly, like really reinforcing positive interactions before we let a strange dog into our yard to play with our other dogs. Um, Because while we understand that she's playing and Atlas is playing and whatever, new dogs, even bullies don't always understand that and it takes a minute for everyone to understand that these noises are play noises they're not like posturing and fighting about to fight noises um so that's a really big thing in our house whenever we bring in a new foster who's an adult um 
it takes probably two weeks to let them be uh, off leash together in the yard, especially with Greta because she's small, but she's very, very loud. And I feel like every foster comes into our house, like playing really quietly and, and politely and they leave so loud. Like they learn, they pick up that behavior and like, they have to be loud to get heard over our three dogs. So then they leave and I send off all these dogs. Like, I'm sorry that he's really loud now. I, I don't know where that came from. That's just, but um, yeah, it's happened. It's, I, I sometimes have to have conversations with like people who are adopting our fosters. Like that's okay. It's totally normal. We get quest. I get questions on Instagram all the time. Like, how can you tell playing from fighting and I don't really know what to tell like I know our dogs I know when things are escalating and we have to take a time out so that nobody starts to bicker um but it's I feel like even people who own blocky headed dogs don't always understand especially like new pitbull owners they don't understand and then all of a sudden their dog is making this god-awful noise and they're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and, and like because it sounds so mean um yes. and i know that it scares people who don't own dogs or people who own quiet dog i don't know what that's like that must be so it must nice. be weird it Let's must be nice to be able to watch TV without like dogs growling and play because they like talk and then it gets so loud. We can't hear anything anymore. We just sit and like listen to the soothing sounds of dogs growling. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I love how you brought up the integration process, right? Of like integrating a foster into your home and like respect for all you do, right? Because like integrating dogs is a skill set. It really is. Yeah. But, um, I think that that's really important for like new like pit bull owners to recognize that like it's about the individual dog, right? <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's about knowing their behavior, observing their behavior and having coping strategies if you need them, right? And like, you know your dogs and their limitations and like, you know, like, okay, everyone's getting a little cranky. I'm going to intervene here, right? So it doesn't <laughs> escalate. And I think that that's what it really boils down to. We need to get more savvy about observing behavior and understanding our individual dog's needs and preferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like so many people hear a dog growl and they think, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's one of the biggest misinterpretations of dog behavior is growling. Like growling is so great on so many levels for so many different things. And I think, I mean, if I were to boil it down to one thing, it would be like, please under, like, please learn when your dog is growling because he wants space, when your dog is growling because he's playing. And like, there are so many different reasons that your dog is growling and it's not necessarily because they're fighting. Um, and I feel like I tell so many people that when they message or like people who are asking about their dog's behavior, which <laughs> I feel so unqualified to talk to people about dog behavior, but just by like virtue of having an account where I share our dogs playing all the time, I feel like I get questions all the time about that. Um, and I, 
please please don't please don't ask me anymore because I don't I don't have answers for you. <laughs> ask Rachel, don't ask me. <laughs> right, right. But like you may be the bridge for some of these people. You know what I mean? Like like you're the the like pit bull sphere that they exist in and you can help like guide them to like it's about understanding dog behavior your individual dog's behavior and like you know i think that's been a common theme through like the conversations i've had with other blacky headed owners is that what it really boils down to is that as a community we need to be more savvy about dog behavior yes all dogs but especially blacky headed dogs and i feel you on the growling thing right because like Waylon is super good with puppies. He's very appropriate, but he will growl and people get twitchy. They get scared. And I'm always like, y'all, like this is super appropriate. Like I'm not intervening. Like he's done a great job of communicating to the rude puppy. So like, I think, I think we all need to like work on our emotional response to growling, right? Instead of going, it's like, oh no, it's getting bad. We need to take a step back and be like, it's a communication and we need to empower those communications. Yes. And I think that's, I feel like pit bull, like pit bulls have a pretty in your face play style as it is. And I think that's something people need to get used to too. When they first get one, like, Oh my God, what's going on? Cause they do. I feel I, we don't take our dogs to dog parks. We don't do daycare. Um, and it's because I know that they have a really, forward play style that doesn't suit all dogs um and that's okay too like the dog park i the dog park thing is such a big deal like i always tell people like please don't take your dog to the dog park like especially bullies it's i just i hate it so much dude and it's like you know, it's unfortunate. Like I go to a lot of dog parks with Waylon because I'm like the first person to be like, fuck you. Don't tell me what I can do with my dog. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, whatever. But you know, like just a small tangent here, we were at a dog park over uh, the holidays, like Christmas time. And I like, you know, I ignorantly thought it wouldn't be super busy. Of course it was super busy. So fast forward, there's an intact male poodle there, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Way to bring your intact dog to the dog park. And this dog repeatedly mounted Waylon and then proceeded to attack Waylon, right? Like I had to like physically get the dog off and no one in the dog park came to help me. Like 20 people stood and watched and I, it didn't occur to me until after the fact that it was probably because of Waylon's breed, Mm -hmm. right? Which was crazy because Waylon was like, not the one fighting. He was like getting like, like beat up and I had to like intervene and like, it's bullshit. It's not fair, but like th- that no. stuff does happen. You know what I mean? But, and I think that, you know, it's an individual comfort level, right? Like you're saying, like, you don't need to go around yelling, like pitbulls are amazing. Fuck you guys. But for me, I'm like, I, I, I have no problem telling people to eat shit. Like, listen, he's amazing, right? Like he's doing appropriate things. So here we are, you know? And I think we all have to do our own thing, but I feel you on the dog park. And especially like those of you listening, if you've recently adopted any breed of dog, don't go to the dog park yet. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> like all, all the people that I adopt who I'm always like, please just, please just, please. Dog please. park is not a good first step. Get to know no. the dog first. Get to and- know the dog first. We, I don't do it because I don't trust other dog owners. And yeah, you shouldn't because they're untrustworthy in a lot of right. circumstances. And I, 
don't want to put my dogs in a situation where they would be blamed for something that wasn't necessarily their fault. Like Waylon, because they're the first ones to get blamed anywhere. You know what I mean? If they didn't start it, it doesn't matter. They see the pit bull and they're like, well, this dog must be starting shit. And I would, I just don't feel comfortable putting our dog, because Greta would be fine at a dog park. She's, she's so social. She's fine. Atlas would probably even be okay. Crosby is fine with anything. So, but like, yeah, I, I would feel so bad if anything happened and they got blamed. I mean, they don't know their dogs, but I would still feel horrible. So we stay away and I tell all, all the people who adopt for me, like, please, please just yeah, but like, you know, owning a pit bull type dog comes with more of a responsibility. Like we have to think about those equations and like, it's not right or fair, but it is, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and, and I know that this is a fear for so many of us, right? Like being in this situation, wrong place, wrong time. And like, oh my God, I've heard some crazy stories from, from pit bull owners about like situations like this, you know what I mean? We're like, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And um, you know, I think that I feel you, I feel like, you know, collectively, I feel people's fears, but I think that, you know, do what we're comfortable with. We're doing the best we can for our dogs. But I think that ultimately you deciding to not go to the dog park, that's you advocating to keep your dog safe. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful, right? Like, and that's advocacy in, in and of itself, right? That we choose to keep our dogs safe and not in situations where they could potentially not do harm, but like be misjudged and then spiral. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I don't know what your experiences with this, but like, I know that a lot of like pit bull type dogs, like get information from quote unquote trainers and they're like, you know, you have this pit bull, you got to use all this harsh training techniques. Like did, did anyone tell you that? Or were you able to like avoid that and just embrace the world of positive reinforcement? Oh my God. Okay. So um, when we first got Greta, we had another dog. His name was Felix. He was epileptic and he died. Oh. Anyway, we took, so there was a, so you had a trainer with Greta? Well, so when we got her, we thought, okay, we really want to do right by her and get her trained. And there was a trainer in our area who was advertising like a reduced fee for pit bull type dogs. So we called and he was like, yeah, uh, let's do it. Here's the start date. So we went and okay. So back then I was young and naive and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't ask the right questions. I just went because I was like, Hey, he's a pit bull advocate. He's right. Got like, what could be wrong? Yeah. We went and it was like, it was this class of like 30 dogs and we sat very close to all these other dogs. It was just chaos. Um, and at one point Greta started to freak out because there were 30 dogs in this room. Oh my God, right, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> like she's being kept on this short leash and she can't say hi to anybody. It's like super overstimulating. So she started to bark. And the trainer assistant came over and sprayed bitter apple into her mouth. And I was like, oh my God. No. no. <laughs> so I, we got up and left because fuck that. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> as we were leaving, we heard him start the class 
and all he was talking about was like dominance theory like he he actually told us that we should like eat our sandwiches over our dogs so they know who's alpha like ridiculous bullshit like that and like even back then we were like what this is ridiculous what is this quack talking about (laughs) like to this day we joke like should I eat this sandwich over Greta so the crumbs fall on her and she knows who's alpha? Like, what, what? But, so after that, we did some research and we were like, yeah, that guy's not, um, mm." (laughs) I see so many pit bull dog owners who still go to him and like, oh, so I left a review on Google for him and he wrote this long post about me and about how I had called him in tears because my dogs were aggressive and they were about to be put down and he could save them, but I didn't let him. And now I went home with these like maddening pit bull dogs. And what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't find this out until a couple years later when I was talking to a friend and she was like, yeah, he wrote about you. You wrote this long post about how your dogs were aggressive and you refused to get his help and he's the only one who could help your dogs. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, what an experience. Holy crap. Yeah, it was not, it was not a good one. And it makes me really sad because I see a lot of people who adopt pit bull dogs from animal control or from local rescues who take their dogs to that guy still because he's still talking about how he's like this big pit bull advocate and like, bring your dog to me, I'll slap a prong collar on them and teach them how to be helpless. And um, it makes me really sad, but there's like, there's only so much we can do about that. Yeah, no, it's freaking heartbreaking. And like, seriously, like as a professional in the field, like nothing stabs quite as deep as like a blocky headed dog who they're like abusing in the name of training, you know, like it hits super, super hard. And I think it's hard too, because like, I feel like as pit bull owners, I feel like we're a little bit more vulnerable to that. You know what I mean? Because like, we want to do right. Like we're like, okay, we're going to be responsible. We're going to get training. And then these like, quote unquote, trainers bully us and shame us and make us fear our own dogs Mm -hmm. so that they can get away with like these abusive techniques. And it's fucked up. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really is. And and that's why I I want to talk about this, you know, like bring more awareness, right? That like, none of us are immune to it. And unfortunately it's still existing, but you know, just to set the record straight, like pit bull type dogs never need abuse in the name of training. No. And we, I mean, I try to show that on our page too. Like we have three, we, um, we take in fosters. No, none of these dogs need a heavy hand. We don't need to use e-collars for them to get them to, do behave the way we want to like I it's it's hard because even Instagram is full of that and it's hard to toe the line between like I mean I feel like I have an extra hard time because I'm also a business owner and I don't want to be condescending or preachy to customers who are choosing a different training method than the one I use with my dogs. Um, 
So, and actually I used to be a lot more outspoken about it and I got a ton of shitty hate messages about like, why are you so close minded? Why are you trying to preach to me about how I train my dogs? Like, and I never did that. I was, I, it would, it would always be like, this is how I'm choosing to train our dogs. Never like, this is how you need to do it in your you have to do it this way yeah right so it's hard to like toe the line between wanting to advocate for your dog and other people's dogs to be treated humanely and ethically but also not pissing off like a huge percentage of people who Otherwise, you have so much in common with, right? You're both raising these pit bull dogs. You're both advocating the way you think you should be. And this is the one topic where you disagree. So I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. I struggle. Well, and with it's, a slippery, it's a slippery slope, right? And like, I, I feel you, right? Like, I struggle with that too, right? Because like, um, obviously like I drew, I drew an ethical line in the sand. I'm like, I, I, I don't, there's no need for like any of this, like prong and chuck and hitting and all of that. But I also, I also want to take like everything I preach for treating our dogs and I want to treat people like that too. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? So I think that, you know, I think we all have to make our own distinction, but I respect what you do, right? Like you lead by example, you do what you do, but it's not this, like, you have to do it this way. And I really feel like that's how we make meaningful behavior change in people is we show them what's possible with our techniques. And ultimately all these people love their dogs, right? They all love their dogs. And I think that, um, once they can see like the benefits of positive reinforcement training, like and they can make those decisions on their own, like that's where true change comes. Mm -hmm. I agree, because I, I, I never believe that going onto all those accounts and leaving long paragraphs about how wrong they are and how you're doing it wrong and this is the right way, that's not changing anybody's mind. And this but, is a waste of your own energy. It is, it really is. But like, whoa, Greta, but like. <laughs> But like little things like posting a dozen stories every day, just showing how your dogs are being and how you're training your dogs, how you're teaching them. It, little things, I think, make incremental changes over time. And I think that's always been my goal because I think you catch a lot more flies with honey than vinegar. It's so true, right? And like, that's definitely a stance I've always taken in my business, right? Like I, I've never like engaged in like conflict with balanced trainers or force trainers. Like mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't, I don't have the energy for it. And in exchange, I don't get like hateful comments. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if we focus on leading by example, we attract the people that are meant for us. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's hard because obviously like we feel so strongly about like treating our animals humanely, but like everybody's on their own journey. And I think that like, you know, I've seen a lot of people who like, you know, I've been following and I love their dogs and like, I've seen them use like some forcey techniques, but then like you start to see them like, oh my God, cookies are popping up in stories more like, oh my God, is that a harness on the dog? You know? And like, 
And that's what I do. That's when I want to positively reinforce people like, oh my God, that harness is so fucking cute on the dog. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's how we make meaningful change. And that's how more blocky headed dogs get treated with kindness and ethical training. Yes, I agree. Yes. Okay. So I want to kind of wrap things up. So I want to hear from you. What is one Pitbull myth that you wish would just die already? Oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> I hate the nanny dog myth about Pitbulls, which might not be what you mean by myth, but... No, but yes, I feel you. Seriously, it's like perpetuated. It is. And I honestly think it does more harm than good even though the people who, who preach it have good intentions, I think. Because yes, they mean well. Yes, because they want to show that pitbulls are, you know, friendly, family companions. But I think it negates a lot of things that are important about owning a pitbull, which is that you know, genetics play a big part into their behavior. They're not nanny dogs. Don't leave any dog home alone with your children. Like, you know, like just, and stuff like that only, I think, hurts the cause more than it does good for, even though it's well-intentioned. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. And like, you know, and I've had this conversation with a couple other people, people too, right? Like, um, dogs are not nannies. They're dogs, right? Like, and, and yes, some pit bulls could be great with kids. Some pit bulls are not great with kids. That could be said for every single breed of dog and that's okay. Right. And I feel you on that. Like we should really be celebrating the individual dog and not like chalking up to like, no, they're nanny dogs. Like, but they aren't, they're dogs. Yeah. I think it just, I mean, the whole, that coupled with the, it's all in how you raise them mantra it's like, not at all how you raise them <laughs> those two things are so troubling to me because like having a dog and owning it responsibly means acknowledging that they come with a certain set of genetic behaviors and traits that you might not be able to uh love out of them do you know what i mean like if you have a purebred American Pitbull Terrier, that dog has dog aggression in them. Like, I mean, most, I feel like most dogs that we call Pitbulls are like backyard bully mixes. It mixes, right? Like that's the vast majority, right? Of dogs <laughs> labeled as Pitbulls is they are mutts. They right. are mixes. And, 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 and I think you're so right, right? Like it's, it's about the individual dog's behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. And like acknowledging that, like, yes, some pit bulls are aggressive. That's fine. That's fine. But you have to, you have to own that and recognize it. And like you're saying, you can't love it out of them. It's not the way yes. that it works. And I feel like the nanny dog and like the, it's all in how you raise them is like this attempt for people to make pit bulls out to be like softer and cuddle. Like that's their intention. I really believe that. But it doesn't help at the end of the day because you have to acknowledge the dog in front of you and there might be behaviors bred into that dog that you can't just train up. Like Greta has this horrible prey drive. Oh my God. It's so awful. And instead of trying to 
force her to like live with small dogs or like instead of getting a bunny as a pet like i've just acknowledged that she can't be around small animals or she will kill them and yeah. that doesn't make her a bad dog but it makes her the dog that she is and we work with that because we acknowledge that that's part of her and i mean i feel like i need to make steps to like help her uh, manage her predatory behavior in a way that's safe for everyone, but it's never going to go away. I don't think we're ever going to be able to have a small dog in the house that's not like a puppy because she fucking hates them. She thinks they're chipmunks and she's going to kill them. And that's fine. That's her. That's who she is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that acknowledging our dogs for who they are and like, um, yeah, Waylon has that sentiment, right, for small prey, too. He's he's had some encounters with some porcupines, poor porcupines. Oh, no. But, oh, my God. But anyways, but right, like, that doesn't make Waylon any different than any other dog. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's all dogs can act aggressively. All dogs can have quirks. It just is what it is. And, like, you know, to circle it back, it's about the individual dog, and it's about being savvy and understanding behavior and understanding our dog's limits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So that's, and it's hard to, it's hard to tell some people that because they're so entrenched in that mindset of like, it's all in how you raise them. It's fine. It's fine. Um, because I feel, sometimes I feel like saying that makes people feel bad about their dog or like about how they feel about their dog. And I don't want to do that either. I don't know. Everything is hard. Yeah. But I think, you know, as a collective, we're all doing our best to educate ourselves and advocate and, you know, help our communities understand, you know, the brilliance that is in blocky headed dogs, but not mm -hmm. making this unrealistic expectation that like all pit bulls are amazing with every creature ever. Cause that's not the fucking right. truth. They're not. And that's okay. That can be celebrated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of our dogs are not technically pit bulls like they're all just like all three of our dogs are just like weird conglomeration mixes of like american pit bull terriers and staff staff is like we did all their dna greta's a bully and an american bully and so is crosby but they look so different they act so different like it doesn't matter <laughs> like at right. the end of the day you can label them but greta is greta and crosby is crosby and atlas is atlas like and they're beloved family members and that's what really fucking matters mm -hmm, exactly i love it so much okay so um if my listeners don't already follow you which i can't imagine would be the truth how can they connect with you and see all your amazing dog pajamas oh man uh i'm on instagram at donosos um which is d-o-n-o sos s-e-w-s um i'm also on facebook at on at donosos but i don't really post on Facebook a whole lot. If you want dog shenanigans, Instagram is where it's at. Yes. Oh my God. I love watching your stories every day. And I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes so people can connect with you and get themselves some super cute dog pajamas. I'm super excited for the fanny pack I ordered. Yeah. Yeah. If your dog doesn't wear clothes, I also am doing bags and stuff, which is awesome because like a lot of bullies don't wear clothes, but they're 
moms or dads or whatever can still wrap the pity pride by like mm -hmm. taking your cute toad out or taking your cute pitbull fanny pack out and like yes a cool oh my God. and like how do you get all those adorable fabrics oh man it's um I, I am not going to release my sources. It's your secret. I love it. I love that so much. Okay. Well, thank you so much for connecting with me today. This has been so amazing. And I know so many people are going to relate to your perspective. Thank you so much. I loved it. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co you can also find us on facebook at a good feeling dog training as well as our website agfdogtraining.com